Welcome to the Sherry Group Podcast. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Yes, welcome to the Sherry Group Podcast. I am Drew Demery, joined by my ever-faithful co-host, David Sherry. Dave, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good, Drew. we got a great day today. It's actually warmed up a little bit. I was able to get outside and take a walk with the dog. Kind of feel like we've been locked in here the last week or so with cold weather, so it's been just good to get out and move around a little bit again. I think it almost got above freezing today, but it felt like a heat wave. I don't want to say we hit like 26, 27, which sounds cold, but after 18 below yesterday, it feels downright balmy. Yep. Uh, feels pretty good. And it feels good to have a new guest with us. Dave, why don't you introduce Corey here for our listeners? Tell them a little bit about who he is and what he does, and then we can hear from him. Well, I'll introduce Corey Van Sickle, friend of mine. And Corey is the owner operator of Outdoor Image, which is a tree care company. And uh, Corey does a lot of work here in our county in central Iowa. And he's a, an arborist and tree guy. They do everything from tree care, tree health to tree removal. And a topic that I think is something that we need to talk more about. So if you follow along with the Sherry Group, you know that we occasionally talk about tree health and how important that is in tree care. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but let's Corey say hi. Thanks for having me. So I'm an ISA certified arborist, and we kind of specialize in tree health care, um, noticing some of the diseases and biotic disorders that are wrong with trees, um, recognizing the risk, and figuring out ways that we can help out with that. Awesome. Well, let's, let's start right there with the podcast. Why should I care about my trees at camp? They're going to grow, they're going to fall down, and they're going to decay. Why, why should this be a topic on my mind? I'm going to jump in here first, Drew, and okay. <laughs> Corey and I were just talking about this before the podcast start, that I really want to encourage camp professionals, camp pros all over to think about their trees as an asset, as part of our, as part of what we sell, right? People come to camp, they want to enjoy the outdoors, trees are part of that, this, it's shade on a hot day, it's part of the landscape, they're truly an asset to camp, and like any other asset, we want to take care of them, we need to make sure that we're investing in trees and keeping them healthy. And we're going to talk to Corey a little bit today about what that looks like. But along with an asset, they can also be a liability. Unfortunately, we hear at least once a summer of somebody getting killed or injured by a tree limb coming off and going through a cabin roof or some other horrible story. But we also have millions of dollars of damage in a, in a year to buildings from a lack of tree care heavy winds coming through or whatnot and, and having unhealthy trees. So I'm really excited to have Corey here and, and talk a little bit about how do we take care of this part of camp that we don't talk a lot about. And if we're going to talk about facilities and property, then that means we have to talk about trees. I think everybody's got trees. I, I've worked at a few uh, summer camps, as you know, and everyone has had at least one tree. And with each tree, I would imagine comes some maintenance. Um, so Corey, what should we be looking out for then when we walk around our camp and we see trees, maybe give us some of the basics of tree care and, and keeping our camps looking and operating well when it comes to trees. Sure. As Dave mentioned, you know, trees a lot of times fall to the back of the list. Yeah, everyone's got a lot of important things going on and um, trees can be the liability. For somebody that doesn't know exactly what they're looking for, um, anything that looks out of the ordinary, when you're looking at a tree, if you're noticing thinning canopy, if you're starting to notice, you know, dead or dying branches, maybe some wind damage, 
those are all things that are obviously risk factors in a tree that you can look for. When I come through a property and do a tree assessment for health reasons, I'm looking for some of the stress reactions that trees have as far as maybe cupping or curling leaves, chlorotic leaves, yellowing or browning tissue, um, epicormic sprouting, which most people call like suckering of the trees. It's all, it's all stress indicators of the tree that can show there might be underlying issues that we need to look further into. But for the average guy going out and assessing his property and looking through everything, look for those things that aren't normal. You know, you're, you're seeing the, the broken branches or the, the browning leaves. Anytime you see a fungal body on a tree, whether it's a bracket fungus or mushrooms around the root system, that, that's a big red flag. So there's things like that to look for that are pretty easy to, to do an annual walk around in spring and, and see if you have any issues. Sure. Sounds great. I want to go for a walk right now. <laughs> be nice to get out of here. <laughs> Dave, what do you think? First of all, let's talk about, you, you mentioned that you're certified. I forget the letters you used. ISA certified arborist. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what exactly an arborist is and does, and what does that certification mean? And then if you could follow that up with what are the other red flags? Like if, if you see this, you really need to call an arborist. An arborist is somebody that has put in the time and has the experience and the knowledge and education in the arboriculture field. Um, a certified arborist has gone through the International Society of Arboriculture and gone through the certification process, testing, um, continuing education, and keeps up on that certification. Um, there's a really good website out there called Trees Are Good. For anybody looking for an arborist, you can go in there, type in your zip code, and it'll find a local certified arborist in your area. Trees are good. Treesaregood.com. Yep. And that's a branch through the ISA website. So what, what would other red flags be? You mentioned the um, fungus. What are other, like, this is an emergency, call somebody. Because I think, I think we, un, until a tree falls, we typically don't think of it as a tree emergency, but we want to, we want to get involved with the tree well before it falls and causes damage or maybe hurts somebody. But we also want to maybe get involved with the tree early enough that we can save it or keep it healthy here. Absolutely. So when I mentioned the fungal bodies, that's that's always an indication of, of decay. When the fungus gets into the tree, it starts to rot it out. We've all seen that hollowing or, or rotted doty wood in the interior of a tree, which can cause structural issues, makes it more likely to fail when you have wind events or you know anything like that. So and if once you've had a wind event, which we've had over the last year or two. You're starting to look for the branches don't always blow down. You know, they might break and crack up there. And as that crack over time dries out, that tissue becomes more brittle, makes it more likely to fail. Um, some of the things you want to call, call an arborist for are those type of things with the broken branches, with the height and the proximity to the buildings. Like you said before, anybody's got a chainsaw and they just think they can use them. The, the risk factor in some of that, if you're not comfortable definitely consult somebody that, that has experience with it. Yeah, let's talk about that. So a lot of people have chainsaws, right? I have a chainsaw. Drew has a chainsaw. I love it. But, you know, I, I tend to use my chainsaw once the tree's on the ground. Why would we want to call a professional tree service? It, it can be expensive. Yes. What is it that you're going to bring that a good property manager who knows how to run a chainsaw can't do? Well, for one, the, the equipment that we have access to, just the reach, and the handling of the weight. A lot of rigging options when you're taking a tree down, doing a removal or just a pruning. 
if there's a target underneath, you have a limited drop zone, you might have to, to do some rigging where you're swinging away the branch. So you don't want to fall on a building. Or yep. So if say the branch is up over top of a building, you might set a rigging point, rope the branch away so that you're not obviously dropping it on the building. That's the, what you hire us for. Right? <laughs> so, but definitely not only dealing with the risk, say like your camp, you think your camp staff can ha handle it. You're opening yourself up to the liability of having personal injury. Things happen quick doing tree work. It's, it's usually not good if it's unexpected. So yeah, and those things do happen when you're working with a chainsaw. Right? Sometimes they do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I'm thinking about like the obvious tree would, that we would call somebody on would be a tree that's leaning over a building, right? That that we just, you, you need a certain set of skills and certain tools yep. to do that. But even a tree that is uh, not really at a risk of a building, you start thinking about workman's comp issues and employee safety and but something can really go wrong. So how have your guys been trained so that they can handle that? So there is an education that goes through it. Um, most of the guys you see in the tree have several years of experience. Um, when a tree guy starts, they're normally on the ground, starting off with the basics, dragging brush, running the wood chippers, learning how to run saws. So once they progress through, then I send my guys to some training courses. Um, and once they start to get a little bit of a feel for the aerial aspect, you know, you have to work your way up the ladder and prove your, your skill set. All right. So, All right. I get it. Well, guys, let's take a quick break here. We're about halfway through our conversation here. Uh, let's take a quick break here from our sponsor and we'll dive back into it here with Corey Van Sickle. The Sherry Group LLC is a proud supporter of summer camps and nonprofits nationwide, specializing in operations, fundraising, and executive coaching. Contact The Sherry Group today at www.thesherrygroupllc.com. Thank you. All righty, we are back with The Sherry Group Podcast. I am Drew Demery, joined by my co-host, David Sherry. Today, we have with us Corey Van Sickle of Outdoor Image. He is an arborist talking with us today about uh, some tree care, some property management stuff, and I would love to dive into the process. David just brought up an idea of you've got a you know tree leaning over a building and it looks like it's too complicated for me, like the camp director to handle or my property manager. I'm thinking I'm going to need some help with this. Kind of walk us through that process of selecting um, the right person to help us out and a time frame, maybe a cost. Just kind of walk us through that uh, process if you could, Corey. Sure. Like I said, the, a good first place to start is contacting a, a certified arborist because you know that they've had the training and education. Once you get that, you want to reach out and, and have a conversation with the arborist you select about what their availability is. You want to have an on-site meeting with them so that they can see the specific tree. Every tree is obviously different. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to look at things like accessibility, drop zone, what is in the way. Is there the fences, buildings, play equipment? So all of that can go into affecting the cost. If it's limited accessibility, it's going to affect the cost a little bit more. Um, just because it's going to take time to get it out of there in a safe manner. You'll want to go over those things with your, with your tree contractor. You want to make sure that both parties understand the full scope of work, what is expected. You know, I think about uh, in camps, a lot of times we find ourselves trying to save money. That's just a little bit of who we, who we are by nature. I everybody think. does. Yeah, <laughs> everybody does. So talk about, so if we had you haul the tree away, 
Uh, is there any advantage? Um, most camps have a burn pile yep. somewhere. Is there an advantage to offering up our burn pile and having you drag it there versus having you take it away? Um, most tree companies are still working with chippers. A lot of them are, are switching to dump boxes and grapple buckets. And But anytime you can save the contractor um, hauling time. Um, the only time I wouldn't advise of that is there's some pests that we deal with. Um, Emerald ash borer is the big one moving through the United States right now. Um, that wood has to either be chipped into one by one inch pieces to dry out enough where it can't, the larva can't live on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a disease tree or a pest, I would adv- advise having that hauled out by the contractor. Yeah. Just get it out of there. Yep. Just get it out of there. So you're not transporting that problem to another area of your camp. You know, if you just have a, a regular dead tree or storm damage, you can take that and save yourself some money on your own burn pile and not have the hauling and transport time. So can we talk a little bit about the contracts? There may be camp directors out there who've never contracted for a tree service. So you talked about stump removal. I know from my experience, that's something that you need to talk about, right? And like you would with any contractor, you want to make sure that both parties are clear what's expected and, and the pricing will, I'm sure, reflect on what, what you want. But in addition to clarifying that, you also want to make sure you have insurance. I think that's one of the real advantages of using a tree service is that you have additional insurance. Yeah. By going through the tree service, it offers the camp protection for the liability of, you know, property damage or workman's comp. Seeing seeing that proper proof of insurance from the contractor would be very important. And like Dave said, also discussing the full scope of the work to be done. You want if you were expecting to have the tree removed, cleaned up all the way, and the stump ground cleaned and filled, that all needs to be detailed in there. Yeah, you shouldn't make any assumption that... Don't make the assumption. Like, yep. And if you get more than one bid, you want to make sure that you're comparing apples to apples. Absolutely. So I think one of the things that is hard on the buying side of this is that there's no set... like. Dropping and removing a tree is a thousand dollars. Well, that doesn't exist. Right? No. So you you know, like if you go to the store, you know how much a box of cereal is, or how much a, a roughly how much a new F one fifty is going to cost. But every tree is different. How does a camp professional who's trying to be fair to the contractor, but also be good stewards of their money, how do they have any idea on whether or not this is a fair price? Comparing bids, you can get a you can get an idea of who's charging more than what you might think is fair, but it's yeah. you still you still get what you pay for. You know, I had um, wasn't tree removal, but uh, for many 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 years when I was running camps, painting is something we hire a lot. Having buildings painted, and we ended up finding a contractor that we used a lot, but he was rarely the cheapest. Sure, right. So we could find people that would do it cheaper, but. In the end, they might not get it done on the schedule. They might overspray a window. They might, yeah. you know, who knows? Well, who knows the old what? saying, skilled labor isn't cheap and cheap labor isn't skilled. Yeah, so. there's a lot more than bottom dollar price that they need to, need to consider. So I want to tell a quick story. And we're probably getting short of time here. But when I was running the, the last camp I was at, we had um, a stage. And I had the stage was full of kids. And we had parents at camp that afternoon. And a large limb came down off of a tree. And it was, we thought it was a healthy tree. It was, the leaves were green. It was about 18 inch wide. It was a a pretty significant limb. And it fell on the stage while the kids were there. Got really fortunate. Somehow it missed and nobody got hit. That's an absolute miracle that nobody got hurt by this limb. But it was probably 
25, 30 feet long, 18 inches at the thickest area. And so we hired a tree service to come in and look at the tree and found out that the tree was hollow and really quite sick. It was an, an unhealthy tree. And so we ended up hiring that tree service on an annual contract. They came in and basically took over the care of our trees. Boy, we found a whole bunch of trees that were unhealthy, some that we were able to remove some limbs on and, and do some things to try to bring them back to a place where they were healthy and some that we just had to remove. Um, it, was a, it was a pretty significant project. We got into a three-year contract with them. Can you talk a little bit about what would a long-term arrangement look like? I think one of the most important things that you kind of touched on there is for the best bang for the buck that I can't facility management person is going to be able to do is have an arborist come in and do a tree risk assessment for the money and time that a person's going to spend. Arborists can go around, look at each individual tree in your camp and be able to assess, does this have, does this have the risk level? And then once you have a list in a tree inventory, you can sit down and talk about, okay, here is a list of high risk trees that we need to, to address immediately. The first year you might have to take on a little bit more but as the next couple of years progress, you can go and do a, uh, discuss a budget that your, your camp is comfortable with, set a number and the tree service should be able to come in and take care of the yearly pruning on some of those things. It should include a yearly assessment because things change every year where they have storms or lightning strikes or, you know, disease. So they should be able to come in and look at that. And that'll do two things. That'll, that'll keep the trees healthier. Um, aesthetics for the camp will be improved. And it'll help mitigate some of the risk from, you know, maybe having some tree failure. That's one of those things we just don't think about, right? As camp directors, we get so into making sure the buildings are maintained and worrying about our programs and staff. There's a huge risk, a huge liability with trees. And again, they're, they're a big asset to take care of. So I was at my mom and dad's house uh, a couple of years ago. And dad has got a beautiful maple tree that is in his front yard, provides shade and just a, a beautiful tree. And it had a crack all the way down through the center of it that just showed up after a storm. And I called Corey about that and asked him about it. He kind of talked me through what to do. And we were able to take a few steps with, with drilling a hole and running some rod through it that was probably three years later. And that tree's doing really, really well. And so there, there are ways to save those trees that, uh, that are so important to us if we can get on stuff right away. Yeah, you know, that kind of, that does lead into my last question here for Corey. And that is, I don't want to lose all my trees at camp. And can an arborist help me plant new trees? It sounds like they can help me fix some trees, but, you know, I don't want to just slowly lose all my trees and end up in a prairie here in an Iowa camp. I want to replace trees as they go. So any recommendations on trees that might work well here in the Midwest? Um, any insight there for planting new trees, anything like that? Sure. When somebody asks me about recommendations for tree planting, I always ask the first question is, what do you want out of the tree? Are you looking for a tree that grows fast? Are you looking at tree that flowers? Are you looking for fall color? Are you, look, are you planting for the next generation? You know, so you want to target on what you want for function out of that tree. Okay. Um, so if you're, you know, you're close to a building, maybe a picnic area, you might want something that grows kind of fast and has flowers and obviously no thorns and nobody likes that type of stuff. So, right. you know, some, some trees are dirtier than others. So if you want on a higher maintenance area, you want to avoid some of those dirty trees. So we'll sit down and kind of target the area of where the trees you want planted are, 
go through some of the selection processes of what the tree has for features that you enjoy. And that narrows the list down pretty quick on what you, what we can get in there for you. And Mm -hmm. then we offer planning services and everything too. So most tree contractors will go through a, a reputable nursery and get you a good tree selection and get it put in the ground. Is there much of a concern about planting too many of the same kind of tree? Like if you go in and you plant all sugar maples or you go plant all ash trees. Yes, absolutely. And so we saw that 40 years ago, ash trees were extremely popular tree to plant. They grew pretty quick. They were a nice shade tree, but you ended up with this almost not quite a monoculture, but a very high percentage of ash trees in the Midwest. And now we had emerald ash borer roll through and you can see the dangers of that. So diversity is always really big on that. So you want to plant different species of trees. You want to stay with conifers and hardwoods. The more diversity you can have, the less likelihood you have of one specific variable coming through and disrupting that. Awesome. This has been a great conversation. Thanks guys. Dave, anything you want to leave us here with? I just want to encourage people to, uh, to think of trees as assets and that like everything else, we need to take care of them. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take much as you walk through camp to just look up every so often, look up and take a look at your trees and see how they're doing and invest a little bit in them and you'll get a huge return. Like, like any other investment on camp. The other thing I want to do is just thank Corey for being here. I know he's a busy guy and to take some time out for our listeners. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. My, my biggest piece of advice that I would go with off of this podcast is, um, if you have any concerns on it, Talk to an arborist about a tree risk assessment. That's going to be your your most effective and best starting point to see what issues or concerns you have from somebody who has a trained eye. And that can really lead you in the right direction really quickly. That's perfect. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Dave. My name is Drew Demery. This has been the Sherry Group Podcast, and we will see you next time. This has been the Sherry Group Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day.